Dr. Craig, we're pretty excited about a couple of Supreme Court cases. They have certainly gotten your attention, and we're going to talk about them briefly. One is adoption and Catholic services that uh, also involve the LGBTQ community. The other is not having to reveal your donor list if you are a nonprofit. Preliminary remarks on why both of these cases have gotten your attention. Well, I want to make clear to our audience that at Reasonable Faith, we don't dabble in politics. We're not making political commentary. But when political issues impinge upon either ethical or spiritual concerns, then it is appropriate and I think mandatory for us to speak out. And both of these Supreme Court decisions do have those sorts of implications, uh, implications for the exercise of religious liberty in this country, and then also uh, implications for charitable nonprofit organizations like Reasonable Faith. And so that's why it's important to draw the attention of our audience to these really significant Supreme Court decisions. The first one, the foster parents that we'll discuss, the Supreme Court ruled unanimously in favor of a Catholic agency receiving government funding that argued having to work with same-sex foster parents violated their religious freedom. A major but narrow ruling that says Philadelphia's anti-discrimination laws unfairly burdened the religious agency's First Amendment rights. Yes. So what the Supreme Court uh, asserted here is that these Catholic adoption agencies are not obligated to place children in the homes of same-sex couples because this would violate their religious conscience. Uh, they believe, uh, as I do, that uh, same-sex uh, relationships are immoral and that therefore they will not place the uh, children in these homes. And what's so interesting about this decision, Kevin, is that it did not divide the court along conservative and liberal lines. This was a nine to nothing decision that all of the justices agreed. You cannot coerce uh, a religious adoption agency to violate its own religious beliefs uh, in order to comply with non-discrimination laws uh, in, in well, in this case, in Philadelphia, as it says, it was narrow in the sense that it only applied to this particular uh, instance. But it was very significant because it overturned the lower court ruling, and it was a nine-to-nothing decision in favor of uh, respecting religious liberty. Key background on this, according to this uh, this article, the Supreme Court's ruling comes after the court previously upheld same-sex adoption in 2016 and after the court issued several other narrowly tailored rulings in favor of religious liberty in recent years. You think about the Colorado Baker and the wedding cakes uh, and then Hobby Lobby and their refusal to provide health insurance coverage for various contraceptive issues and things like that. So 
in the midst of things like that, in the midst of the mood of the country right now, Bill, boy, this is really a significant ruling. Yes. And as I say, um, the earlier or lower courts, rather, the district and appeals courts had ruled in favor of Philadelphia. They had ruled in favor of forcing these Catholic adoption agencies to place these children in these homes of same-sex couples. And so this nine-to-nothing decision uh, reverses these lower court uh, decisions and, and says that if you are, uh, for example, a Christian um, uh, adoption agency, that you cannot be forced by the law to violate your conscience. And in that sense, as you say, it's all of a piece with this Colorado Baker case uh, in which the man could not be coerced to put a pro-gay rights or gay marriage message on the wedding cake uh, that he was asked to bake. They said you can't force him to violate his religious conscience, uh, and, and therefore they ruled in favor of religious liberty. So that's a significant trend, I think, in jurisprudence. And Bill John Roberts wrote the majority opinion for the court. Yes, that's right. And in this case, the chief justice said the following, and I quote, uh, that this Catholic agency seeks only an accommodation that will allow it to continue serving the children of Philadelphia in a manner consistent with its religious beliefs. It does not seek to impose these beliefs on anyone else. The refusal of Philadelphia to contract with the Catholic agency for the provision of foster care services, unless it agrees to certify same-sex couples as foster parents, cannot survive strict scrutiny and violates the First Amendment. Well, Bill, the, the Catholic agency really stood up yes. to, to Philadelphia, and this led all the way to the Supreme Court decision. Uh, and they could have caved in. There was another Christian organization, Bethany Christian Services, that caved in and they changed their policy in Philadelphia to allow same-sex couples uh, and they had their government, re, you know, funding restored. Oh, and that last phrase, Kevin, isn't that significant? And had its government funding restored, follow the money. And so to its shame, Bethany Christian Services caved in on their religious convictions um, in order to maintain their government funding and uh put little children in the homes of same-sex couples despite their convictions against it. And what makes that so ironic is that the Supreme Court agreed nine to zero that this was unconstitutional. And yet, because of its lack of backbone, uh, wouldn't stand up to this uh, government imposition, this other agency um, kowtowed to this unconstitutional denial of our religious liberty. It's, it's a, a real black mark against them. And kudos, let's give kudos to these Catholic adoption agencies for their courage in standing for religious liberty.
Second case is the donor privacy uh, case for California charities. When I first saw this, I thought, boy, that sounds like Big Brother. That is, the Supreme Court ruled that California may not require charities soliciting contributions in the state to report the identities of their major donors. Wow, what? Uh, yeah, now this decision did divide the court along moderate and liberal lines. The vote was six to three, saying that California cannot require nonprofit charities to reveal the names of their donors. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that the rationale for the majority decision was that California's requiring nonprofits to reveal their donor list would violate the First Amendment's protection of the freedom of association. Hmm. Uh, now, that is, to me, just really odd. I, I think, what does this have to do with freedom of association? But it shows how these cases set precedents that may go far beyond what the literal and limited language of the Constitution is talking about. Um, the court is saying here that if you are a charity uh, registered or incorporated in California, this California law requiring you to disclose the names of your donors is unconstitutional, and therefore they threw out the law. Now that cuts really close to home, Kevin, because one of these nonprofit organizations would be, for example, Biola University, Talbot School of Theology, where I teach. This law would have required Biola Talbot to provide to the state of California a list of anybody who has donated to Biola or Talbot. And you can imagine how this could be used, say, in Hollywood community or in the sports community or in the corporate world to blackball people who are on that donor list to a conservative evangelical Christian institution. Uh, in fact, if reasonable faith were incorporated in California rather than Georgia, uh, we would have been required by this law to disclose our donors. And that definitely, I think, has a, a chilling effect upon the potential willingness of donors to support a charity. Bill, it seems that the only dissent uh, written by uh, Justice Sotomayor is that, well, this could erode disclosure laws concerning political campaigns. Right. Too. And so that. That seems to be the only, the only dissent. That's right, and and Roberts and the rest of the court uh, said this this is not applicable to political fundraising. Um, we're talking here about nonprofit charities, um, and that therefore it was not analogous. Uh, and it was remarkable, Kevin, when you look at the nonprofits that supported. Uh, the Supreme Court's decision that filed briefs uh, uh, against the California law. It included a whole spectrum of people across the political spectrum from uh, 
groups like the uh, American Civil Liberties Union to conservative groups. The whole spectrum of different charitable organizations uh, agreed that the California requirement to disclose their donor lists could have a potentially chilling effect upon their ability to find donors. Bill, this is really good news, both of these court cases, in a time when many people, particularly conservatives, are concerned about the erosion of religious liberties and how that we really need to protect religious liberties, First Amendment rights, and so on. And uh, this mitigates against the the uh, the real strong naysayers that say uh, it's it's all going to hell in a handbasket. You know where we these these rights are never coming back, and you know we're on our way on this greased pole. When really it's it's one thing to be cautious, but it's another just to say, well, it's you know it's all over. Apparently, it's not. Apparently, we have a Supreme Court that just upheld two instances of religious liberty. Yeah, I am so thankful for the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment in particular. And it's just uh, really exciting to see the Supreme Court taking uh, stands in this regard. 